How do you as a user actually interact on TikTok? Define viral. Viral doesn't have a full definition. It's whip water stat slide. Virality often feels spontaneous mm -hmm. and unplanned, and that doesn't necessarily correlate with great marketing. Common myth that what we do isn't a real job. Welcome back to Have You Heard, the social media podcast by us here at The Social Shepherd. My name is Zoe. I'm one of the co-founders and today I'm joined by the lovely Bobby. Hi. Bobby is a senior social media manager here at The Social Shepherd. Indeed. So today we've been um, placed with the lovely task of debunking some social media myths, kind of like common misconceptions. Um, so I've got a little plan, which is why I'm going to get my phone out to go through it. But I think the first place we were going to start is like general myths and stuff like that that people have about social media strategy um, and kind of start there. So one of the ones that, that we've been asked to discuss is the fact that you should be on every single platform. Mm. Thoughts and feelings about that, Bobby? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the social strategy misconceptions, um, they're numerous and I think... And we hear a lot of them commonly, like... Yeah. There's a lot of memes online, like certain things that you'll hear and it's like social media managers when someone says X, Y, Z. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think when you look at the platforms and where you should be, um, absolutely shouldn't be on every platform if it's not right. I think that's just such a broad statement. Yeah. That's not looking at individual clients and their needs. Yeah. Um, and and like social is a marketing channel but yes. it's become so much more diverse do you know mm. what i mean like the way in which people use tiktok like yes it's a social platform because people can converse with one another but it's much more of an entertainment platform because yeah. significantly less people are publishing their own content than those that are actually observing it whereas instagram is becoming more of a community driving channel yes exactly and you don't want just to be there on everything for the sake of it. I think that actually leaves people sometimes feeling um, disconnected from the brand and like they're just trying to flog their brand to you mm -hmm. everywhere they can rather than thinking about how they're actually speaking to a community and tailoring it for that audience. And also like running social these days is so much harder than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Like, so if you can't do all of it well, then don't do all of it you would be better to focus on one channel and yeah. sorry one platform and do that really well than focus on four and do them all just like average absolutely yeah and i think that's a really easy mistake to make mm -hmm. spread your team too thin and then you're not really making impact anywhere mm -hmm. you're just kind of spreading a bit of message everywhere mm -hmm. and it's not driving any objectives or goals you're not converting people the way you want to and you're not connecting with the community correctly so yeah it's definitely a challenge yeah cool next one is um and this is one we can resonate with is that people really put an emphasis on follower count so mm. the, the myth is follower count is everything yeah <laughs> um and i think that like, we do have to have a lot of conversations with clients where they'll be like our main objective is follower growth and we're like okay yeah you can do that mm. and we there's tactics that you can use to really kind of like um increase the rate of follower growth but the importance thing is actually the size of your total audience and I think particularly with platforms like TikTok you could have 20 followers on TikTok but you could have a video that reaches 200,000 people yeah so it's it's 
I actually like to flip this one and think about the size of the total audience that you're yes. reaching, not necessarily the number of followers, because that is a vanity mm-hmm. metric. Absolutely. I think TikTok's a really interesting one because um, followers that you've got to think about user behavior. Mm-hmm. How do you as a user actually interact on TikTok? I know I go and open TikTok, see loads of brands that I love on the few page. I don't follow a single one of them, though. So it's irrelevant, really, whether you're following them or not. I guess there's a point potentially around um, having authority in a space when people go click yeah. on your profile, look at your page um, and a, a sizable following, I guess, can be a good thing. But it really yeah. is capped at that. Like it, the it, way well, you're reaching people specifically on TikTok is going to be through the For You page. So yeah. looking at your views and the traffic source coming via the FYP is going to be much more important mm-hmm. than looking at following um, I guess other platforms are different. Yeah, like you know, I was going to say Instagram, for example, because if you are following, then you're going to reach that person via stories, which is yes. really valuable. And that's an easier way for you to drive traffic through to the website. Yes. And from an algorithm point of view on Instagram, there are different criteria mm-hmm. for what's going to make your content discoverable and pushed out to more people. And one of those is size of your audience yeah. or the way that you're users interact with you and your followers interact with you. So I think there is a bit more value on Instagram if you want to reach high people. High followings tend to work in tandem. Um, But it's not to say they are the most important thing there. Yeah, I'd agree. Especially from a long-term strategy point of view. So, And I think the other thing to just be mindful of on Instagram is like, like you said, having it as your core metric, a little bit tricky, kind of putting pressure to inauthentically grow it because yeah you could run a competition every single week and give away five grand every week and you're going to get a whole load of followers but those people are there for the wrong reasons they haven't actually bought into it so that it does need to be longer term because in the same way that you know it takes six or seven touch points for someone to purchase something Mm. it's going to take at least two or three touch points for someone to think actually this brand's producing content that's of value for me to follow so i think people need to have a bit of patience with follower growth yes um so i think that's super important as well um the only, you only reach young people on social is apparently a common misconception. I think we're growing out of that though. Like I think yeah. if like a year ago someone was coming to us, particularly from TikTok, they were like, you might have the old client that would go, yeah, but I don't want to reach teenagers. And then we'd be like, let's whip out our stats slide. <laughs> but I, I, I think people are kind of coming around to that a little bit more. And there is such a more diverse, like, you know, YouTube's always been a bit of an iffy one as to whether people include it in social or not. It it is a social channel. But now that we've got shorts, for example, like you can, every single platform has such a diverse range of people on it now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it is outdated to say Mm -hmm. you're only reaching young people on social. Um, It's so funny. I mean, platforms evolve all the time. So if you look at something like Facebook, that really now is for an older generation of people. Um, Just again, thinking back to how people actually use it, the classic kind of assumption is that it's all mums on Facebook chatting in their community neighborhood groups or, um, you know, retired people connecting with their friends. Like there there is a massive community of people on there on Facebook and you shouldn't disregard that. And And a lot of people just go, oh, Facebook's dead. And it's like, well, it's actually not. It's just changed. Particularly from like a paid perspective, Mm. like it still outperforms Instagram on a ROAS perspective and the amount of people that purchase through it. So I think actually sometimes it can go the other way where people have a misconception that 
you can only reach younger people. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's so it's funny because we're talking about misconceptions and then relating that to um, demographics and audiences. I guess like a really big uh, misconception and assumption when you think about like a social media manager and what they do is think of like the Emily in Paris trope. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's so classic. And I think everyone, when they think of that, you, there's two points in terms of what they're doing in the show. And the first is that she's showing like viral content and that being a marker of success. And that does kind of correlate with a younger audience. However, if you want to, co- if you want to connect with older audiences, you can, or a different way of connecting with people, you can look at longer term strategies and that's not the same as viral content. Yeah, they, um, they are two different things. I guess that's why we, like, we split our rotators into BAU yes. and then campaign on top yeah. of it. And we always say like, you can't just turn on a campaign if that makes sense. Like you still, you need to have built up a community and kind of like an understanding there, but it is, it is different. Yeah. Um, that actually leads into the next point is that the most important thing is to go viral. <laughs> And like define viral. Yeah, yeah. Well, viral doesn't have like a, a full definition. Yeah. We we rank it set differently in the agency to how other people rank it. Here at TSS, we do 100K views mm-hmm. on TikTok. So our marker of virality on TikTok. Um, Instagram, it would probably be around 100K too. But again, it depends on the size you're following. If you're working on an account with almost a million followers that's then not really going to be too much on that's it your average it. monthly yeah. reach on a reel so um it is very different i think virality just means you've started something in a community a lot of the time um so and, on- and virality doesn't necessarily have to be like one piece of content either it could be yeah. like um a series that you're posting regularly yeah. that you become known for and people are like oh have you seen this from this brand it's really cool type thing yeah and it it can also be cumulative as well. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't say it's the most important thing. Like you can no, gain definitely. a lot from a consistent social media strategy that has really good results yeah. every single post, rather than having this kind of like peak down, peak yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. And it depends what you're looking at. I think if you if you're looking at metrics that correlate with um, virality, then it's it is important to a degree. Um, it's always going to look good. If you go viral, it means your total reaches are bigger. You've got mm-hmm. um, more followers. You've got more profile visits. You've got more web clicks. Often they go hand in hand. So that is really encouraging and can be um, can be a really good success. I think most brands would want a viral moment, but mm. sentiment's important there. What are you going viral for? And it's also like the frequency of things. Because yes. if you think about like one, if you'd posted one piece of content, that's all you posted and that yeah. got a million views. But if you posted 30 pieces of content and all together mm. they got a million views, then what's actually more valuable? And it's probably the latter because you're hitting people with multiple different brand touch yeah, points as opposed exactly. to just one. And I think as well, going back to the Emily in Paris point, virality often feels spontaneous Mm -hmm. and unplanned. And that doesn't necessarily correlate with great marketing. Um, You can put a lot of energy into long-term plans that paint a more traditional marketing um, approach to a brand and its message and how you're communicating that to the community. That in a way can be much more valuable to a brand Mm -hmm. than a viral moment where you just get loads of views for a really short amount of time and it mean not much or not connect with the brand in the same yeah, way. Yeah, because I think particularly on TikTok, you'll get a lot of viral moments that will just come from the community. Like some 
person will put like some outrageous comment yeah. on something and then it's a viral moment but actually what piece of content is that behind is it yeah. gonna increase sent positive sentiment towards the brand is it gonna have any type of like equity mm-hmm. in there yeah, um precisely. so define viral and if you are going viral it needs to be on the right things if that makes yeah. sense um Oh, this is a statement one. So people saying it got no likes because Instagram's algorithm didn't even show it to anyone. So Mm. (laughs) I think there's a couple of things in there is that is the algorithm not showing things to anyone? Yes. Um, Because, well, if no one saw it, then it probably isn't going to get any likes. So that's kind of the statement that we're unpicking there, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, blame it on the algorithm. That's a classic approach at times it's a bit of a reaction yeah um and a bit it can be a cop-out i don't always think it is to be fair that algorithm does dictate a lot but it does but you can't like just because you post like one piece of content and it doesn't perform well doesn't mean that you should never post that piece of content again like you do need to test and learn on it because like you said the algorithm is unpredictable at times um so i think that's where like testing and learning really comes into play um i mean it is worth to say that like organic reach isn't what it used to be and Mm -hmm. you see that across the board like you're now seeing that with tiktok there is a level of saturation on the platform now that's not to say you can't get it you just got to be smarter about it in certain ways and, and have a strategy that understands the algorithm and knows that having a one hit wonder isn't really what you want nor what you should be planning for precisely and i think if you're thinking in the context of likes in particular that's really different to the way people interact with posts has changed Mm. um and you can get some of your highest reaching video content on instagram to a reel like they can actually reach so many more people and will have sometimes some of your lowest engagement rates by nature but and the way people interact with it. But it's not as valuable for video content because exactly. to a consumer or someone that's using the platform, to them, the engagement is the fact they've spent 45 seconds of their time watching yes. that video type thing. It yeah. doesn't equate to the same thing. And I think when we're talking about brands versus personal accounts, when you go and like your best friend's post of them, their holiday in France, for example, it's a very different relationship. You're almost like validating that individual in that moment. Whereas it doesn't come as authentically to people anymore to validate a brand. And I guess that's where you've got to think harder about your content is, does it have a message that resonates with that individual? Is it going to evoke some type of response? And that's why it needs to have a purpose behind it. Yeah. And that's why we do the weighted engagement rate, which upweights comments, saves, shares, Mm -hmm. over likes, because actually they're more indicative of like a real reaction or some kind of purposeful mm-hmm. um, next step for the user. So, yeah. And I think it's also like, you know, if we think about bringing paid into the mix and kind of flipping it back to the follower thing, you could run a follower campaign with page likes on Facebook and yeah, you're going to get a 2p cost mm. per follower. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like it's pointless. <laughs> like, okay, yes, if the CEO of your business is like, I want more followers and I don't care where they come from, you can do that, but you are wasting money. Like you yeah. are literally putting it down the drain in the same way that, you know, you can run engagement campaigns and there is value in them mm. at times, particularly, you know, getting learnings through a paid account and stuff like that. But if you put, an engagement objective behind a piece of content you were going to get object uh, get engagements because it's literally just going to find people that are going to like it yeah, yeah. so it's kind of 
understanding the value of things and where you're investing your time and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, work on, on the it. quality over quantity, yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, and then there's some myths that we've got to answer about being, like working in social, basically. Because yeah. <laughs> I think um, I was actually on shoot the other day and we the team were filming with quite a big production team. And we had a hair and makeup artist there that had never worked on a social shoot before. Wow. And the team mm. had like, you know, we've got really impressive kits set up, all these like super expensive lights yeah. that cost like thousands and thousands of pounds. And they're like getting ready for us to get out this like huge camera and start <laughs> filming. And we're like, with our iPhone, yeah. <laughs> like, there we go. And they were like, oh, this is, and I was like, yeah, like we want to shoot it. It's social content. Obviously you, you may shoot some stuff on camera and stuff, but there is like a common myth that what we do isn't a real job and that we just sit there scrolling all day long. Yeah, exactly. You can just whip out the phone, take a picture and it goes viral. Yeah. It's not that simple. No, it's not. I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think what people don't realize is like, you know, if you look at our job specs for someone that works on organic social, which is organic and paid are different. They have, they have different skill sets, but they do overlap. But an organic social media manager has to be really creative and technically minded at yeah. the exact same time, which is actually they're two very different skill sets and characteristics that don't necessarily come yeah. like to a lot of people in the same handfuls. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize actually, you know, 80% of a social media manager's job is insights analysis yeah. and reporting um so that's potentially really different to what people perceive it to be which might be like taking content and taking photos and then uploading it and kind of leaving it there yeah. and just going with their gut it's there is a lot more planning, planning and contextualizing and SEO research, yeah. for example, and like, you know, what we're really trying to do is be visible where people want to find us, if that yeah. makes sense. So Absolutely. there's a whole lot of research there. You've got to create the physical content, come up with all the copy, make sure it's algorithmically friendly. Yeah. And you've got to report on the other side of it, take those learnings, apply that to your yeah. strategy. There is a lot that goes into it. And align as well with wider marketing mm -hmm. activity from the clients. I think that's something that's really underestimated, but so much of our uh, feedback from clients is based on what the rest of their team that we don't know what who they are what they're doing and it's always based on what that activity is um and that informs everything we do so we need to make sure our strategies are aligning with theirs because otherwise they'll turn around and go oh well the social's not right mm -hmm. at the end of the day and just scrap everything you've done so there's always needs to be that line of communication with them yeah. making sure you're understanding what is it you're wanting to achieve out of these channels uh, and then we can make the content to fit that and help you reach your goals. Yeah, exactly. And I think some of the confusion comes from the industry is still confused as to where to place social. Yeah, like yeah. we've got some clients where social sits as part of their brand team. Yeah. Some clients where social sits as part of their PR team. And I'm going to be fully honest, PR and social can work very well together, mm. but they also can work very badly together <laughs> at the same time because PR objectives are very different to social objectives. Yes. But that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but I, I think people struggle to know where to place it. Yeah. I um, mean, it used to be, I'm sure 10 years ago, a marketing team probably won't have a social media department. It'll probably be the youngest member on the team does it alongside their email marketing role or something like that. Um, so they definitely, that's changed. There's now, I think a second you see some of the, the revenue returns on social and investing in a proper team and a proper strategy mm. and upping the quality of that 
Um, it's then clear that you need a bigger team that's actually dedicated to it because there's so much to to do it properly. Um, you need so much manpower. You do. And I think a lot of people actually fall into the mix, particularly with TikTok, where they just like go, we'll give it to the intern. Yeah. And you'll get really good results from doing that. Don't get me wrong, because they're going to be completely native to the platform. Yeah. They're going to understand the hooks and narratives. But what you will end up with is at times quite generic content yes. that kind of everyone is doing. And you've also got to be mindful of yeah, okay, you could get a million views on a piece of content because you used a trending sound and it's yeah. funny and it aligns with the Gen Z audience. But what value is that bringing to the brand? And the harder challenge actually is realigning um, like what you're trying to achieve from around. Like we want to talk about this specific mm. product in this way. And that's the challenge there. Yeah. Um, so we've gone off piste, but <laughs> social media is a real job. Um Oh yeah, the next one was interns run social media accounts. Sometimes they do, yeah. but I think it only works if you've got a team or an agency behind that person guiding them yeah. and looking at the data. And, you know, we are, we're quite technical in our approach mm. to a lot of things and we have content strategies and attribution for organic social is a nightmare. We all know that, but we, <laughs> we do do our best to really delve into it and, that's really where interns are going to need that support is quite a lot of people come into organic social and they've got the, um, got the creative side yeah. of it. And that mm -hmm. just needs a bit more developing and maturing, but yeah. the technical side is really difficult because exactly. you are basically like data analysts yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes they do, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> they need some support too. Um, Oh yeah, one person can do it all. We see a lot of this, like social media manager has to be a videographer, also has to be able to do this and this and yes. this. And I think that comes down to the core of why we started this business mm -hmm. because we've got it all broken down. Like we've got the teams that manage the content, the teams that create the content, the teams that liaise with any influencers that are making content, the paid team. So yeah. I think a lot of companies do expect one person to do it all, mm -hmm. but they're not going to get the best from that. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people come to bigger agencies from backgrounds where they kind of have done a bit of everything. Yeah. So they've kind of touched on a few different jobs and a few different roles can do a bit of a varied set of responsibilities and roles, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're an expert in any. Yeah. And we actually get a lot of people come here. So they'll have been in a broader social role. They maybe have worked at a small company yeah. in house and they'll come and join us as an exec or a senior exec. And they're like, it's so nice to be here. And everyone knows what they're actually talking yeah. about. Like I can have informed conversations <laughs> with people rather than them just being the most junior person in a team and trying to like muddle their way through mm. it and, and it, it can it can change quite a lot so yeah. the answer is that no not one person can do it all <laughs> um people definitely need support well they can't do it all well mm, exactly um and they'll be really stressed if they try to be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then the final one about the role is that only young people work in social and i mean I'm not gonna lie, I had to do this calculation the other day because someone asked for it, but the average age of in here is 28, yeah. which I guess is quite young. Yeah, it's young. But marketing agencies tend to have quite young staff anyway. Um, but not everyone is young, but I guess the, there is probably a higher percentage than in other even marketing 
channels because we've grown up with it and like we're native users of it it's it's actually i mean it's a new industry really relatively speaking so you're not going to have someone coming to a social media agency with 40 years of social media experience they'll have other backgrounds Mm -hmm. that maybe evolve into fitting social media and working in that industry but no one's an expert of decades because it's just not been around so it's easy for younger people to start and pioneer a new industry um, because they're growing up with it as you said and then uh, it's kind of naturally allows them to become the experts that are shaping the industry. Yeah. And I think the thing is, it's not that only young people can work in the industry. I think there's just a higher percentage. Like there are people in their forties and fifties and sixties yeah. that are working in social. And there's definitely a place for that. I think it's just, you know, maybe you've grown and you've worked in SEO, for example, or like a broader digital marketing role. Yeah. And then it's just about adapting those principles mm-hmm. over to social. So there's absolutely space and there are people that aren't kind of in your 30 age 30 and under bracket um but yeah so it's not only young people that work in social (laughs) but there's quite a few (laughs) cool okay well look thank you so much for watching um hopefully that was helpful and if you've got any other myths that you'd like us to respond to then please let us know um but yeah Thanks for listening and like and subscribe. I think I'm supposed to say that, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>